Hello, boxing fans. Welcome to another episode of World Championship Boxing. And today we're going to talk about the Decade Awards for our site here, 2010 to 2020. And I'm joined by One Silver. How you doing, man? Hey, good afternoon, Logan. Happy New Year to all the fight fans that follow us and listen to us on a regular basis. The very loyal World Championship Boxing fans out there. Yes, we're talking about the 2010 Decade Awards and... um. Like I said last week on our annual yearly awards, when the decade began in 2010, boxing was at its lowest point. All-time record low ratings. Pay-per-view buys were in the toilet. I mean, you had two legendary fighters in Roy Jones and Bernard Hopkins. And I know they were both past their prime, especially Roy Jones. But this was a a monumental rematch, 50,000 buys. So what did boxing do? The promoter said, look, we're, we're going to stop with these, with these monthly pay-per-views. We'll make it special. Uh, HBO and Showtime focused on more, pro, uh, more programming. More, more, uh, basically, you had a lot of uh, uh, months, Logan, where you had three to four fights a month on both HBO and Showtime. They focused more on building their fighters before they made the major pay-per-views. And who did that help? That helped. Two fighters in particular, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather Jr. As their buy, their buy rates went up because there was less pay-per-views to deal with, which was a which was a great move by Oscar De La Hoya and by Bob Arum, who were the two main promoters at that time. As the decade continued, you had Al Heyman, who had previously been partnered with Oscar De La Hoya, Break away from Oscar and in 2015 launched Premier Boxing Champions. And Premier Boxing Champions set the blueprint for the major resurgence in boxing. They went and they bought timeshares on ABC, NBC, ESPN, CBS, and Fox. And people criticized them. Oh, you're spending millions of dollars. What? Wound up in 2020. PBC possibly, not possibly, definitely the most lucrative contract when it comes to content and in profits. Bob Arum didn't make a lot of money last year. He, he made money, but nothing compared to BBC. And um, Oscar made money without a doubt because of Canelo, Canelo Alvarez. But if you take away Canelo Alvarez, Oscar doesn't, doesn't make the money PBC made. So uh, great foresight by Al Heyman and Premier Boxing. And beginning in 2015, we saw boxing begin with the upswing because they returned to network television. Then in 2018, streaming the streaming services began, ESPN Plus and The Zone, which led to very good action in 2018, but 2019 – having the greatest year since the 1980s in terms of boxing action and in terms of of boxing shows and fights being shown, being broadcasted throughout the world. I mean, every week, this is the first weekend in several months where there's no boxing, which happens. Usually, the first weekend of the year, there's no boxing. And so it continued this year. Unbelievable right. year 2019 compared. You saw the beginning of the decade, 2010, 
boxing was in the toilet. 2019, going into 2020, boxing is the healthiest yeah. combat sport out there. More, it's healthier than wrestling, and it's healthier than than MMA slash UFC Bellator. Unbelievable okay. transition, unbelievable turnaround. Go ahead, Big Man. I would say, though, the problem I still see in all three of those sports that you mentioned is that the failure to create stars. Are we still, I think in boxing, there's still a dearth of stars, even though there's been some great action, some great fights. These but people aren't well known. Throughout the history of boxing, you don't have 10 to 15 stars. Every decade, it's two or three stars. You look, in the 1970s, it was Muhammad Ali and Roberto Duran. In the 1980s, it was Sugar Ray Leonard and Mike Tyson. In the 1990s, it was Roy Jones Jr. and Oscar De La Hoya. In the 2000s to 2010, well, basically 2000 to 2013, so we'll say the 2000s, it was Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. Today, it's Candelo Alvarez and Anthony Joshua. That's how it's always been in boxing. It's always been two okay. major stars, and then you have a a, 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 a bunch of second-tier great fighters. The fighters are greater than the main two guys, but they are not on that level when it comes to popularity. And it continues. Canelo Alvarez and Anthony Joshua are rock stars. Period. I know, two but the compare them, compare but them to Tyson at, and Ali in terms well, of star power. Well, we're talking about once-in-a-lifetime type stars. If you, Yeah. I mean, Canelo is getting there. Canelo is the biggest Latin, and I'm talking about from not not a, a American-born Latin, but a, a Latin, a Hispanic born in his own country from Mexico. He's the biggest Hispanic star, international Hispanic star since Julio Cesar Chavez in the 1990s. And he has, and, and, and Chavez before that was Durant. Canelo worldwide is especially in Latin America, is on that Durant slash Chavez level. Anthony Joshua is nowhere near Ali, nowhere near Leonard, nowhere near Mayweather. He, he's, he's, he's from Great Britain. As far as American stars, and you know what? I didn't realize this until you brought this question up. There's not an American star on that Floyd Mayweather, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson level today, and you're right about that. Right. I mean, I guess that's, that's just the nature of the business. I mean, a star emerges when they do, when they have a particular personality. Um, and, you know, so we have... we best, have. Well, well, the best American fighters, Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence, do not have that type of personality. They're both laid-back right. cats. They, they, don't, they right. don't have a personality of a Floyd Mayweather. They don't have the charisma of an Oscar De La Hoya. Oscar De La Hoya was not a great personality, but the motherfucker had so much charisma. Good-looking dude. I mean... Women wanted to be with him. Men wanted to be like him. He didn't have to say much because he, 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 he was soft-spoken. Mike Tyson wasn't a great speaker, but he had so much charisma, and he was an animal that people would pay to see fight bums. Right, you don't have right. anybody in America right now on that level. Great question you, 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 you posed. And um, I don't – the closest would be Deontay Wilder. If Wilder beats Fury and Joshua this year – there you have your next great American star. He's on the precipice, but he hasn't gone over it. He's got the punching power. He's got to get those wins. 
got to be Fury, he's got to be Joshua to be put on that next level. He does that this year, he will – and another kid that's got the opportunity, he's got a lot of charisma, and he's a tremendous athlete. And I, I think he has the potential to be the fighter of this new decade coming up is Shakur Stevenson. So those would be the next two guys I would look at in terms of American superstardom. Won't be Terrence Crawford, won't be Errol Spence, because they don't have that charisma. They're great fighters, but they don't have that extra oomph to take them over the top. Right. All right, well, let's get into these categories then. I mean, they're similar to what – they're the exact same ones we did last week. Um, So we can just list them off. All right, so let's start. Let's start right now. How we how we always do, we go from what we consider the least important award. Oh, we'll get this shit out the way. Pussy the year, Adrian Broner. I mean, he had a a horrific decade, just horrific. Every major fight he was in, he lost. He got his ass kicked. Started with Marcos Madonna, who broke his jaw. Then right. he got his ass kicked by Sean Porter. He got his ass kicked by Mikey Garcia and recently got his ass kicked by Manny Pacquiao. Four fights, four losses. Every time he stepped up in competition, he lost. Why do the cameras, Showtime and Fox, whenever there's a fight caught on and he's in the audience, why do they keep putting the, the, the camera on him? I don't understand it because he, he he's not box office. He's not, a, he's not a great fighter. He's a decent, lazy fighter who cannot beat anybody great. Period. He could barely be well, a good fighter. Puts well, the answer is because it started. He has because I go ahead, go ahead. He has personality. I mean, that's probably why. You know, he has some like a little bit of a of a of a persona. He's got, that, but he's got he's got negative negative heat. Very oh, at negative this point, heat. yeah, and then, uh, yeah, it's it's negative. When when I thought he I thought he was going to be that next great American star until I saw him flush twenties in the toilet bowl. And this was yeah, right that's before you know he's Madonna. An and that was the beginning of the end. It reminded <laughs> me of when Zab Judah fought in Madison Square Garden. He was the undisputed welterweight champion of the world against Carlos Baldemir. And this was damn. This is the we're almost to that date. The the the, the uh, 14th anniversary of that fight back in 2006. Zab Judah was on his way to being that next great star. He was the undisputed welterweight champion of the world. Fighting Carlos Baldemir in his backyard, Madison Square Garden, Judah, a Brooklyn cat. At the at the instructions, he smacked Baldemir in the stomach and shouted at him. And right then and there, it turned for him. Baldemir kicked his ass, and that was the beginning of the end for Zab Judah. Well, the beginning of the end for the pussy of the decade, Adrian Broder, was when he flushed those twenty dollar bills down the down the drain, and he had it, and he and he had it right. filled. And back then there was no Instagram. This was on Facebook, and TMZ picked it up. And I was like, you know what? This motherfucker's not hungry. This is the beginning. Yeah. End. He got his ass kicked by Madonna, and has been downhill ever since. And now he could be getting charged with a with, with, with some type of uh, internet. Uh, I don't know how you say it, but a 16 year old girl on Instagram. Uh, as charged that he tried to pick her up, he got into her DMs oh, and, and was being sexually explicit with her. Oh, <laughs> dumbass motherfucker! A sixteen-year-old white girl. A sixteen-year-old white girl. So, uh, Adrian, 
You done, bro. You done. Well, you know what? I gotta give him. I gotta give him some kind of credit though, because he his little storyline with Maidana spawned a great little storyline between Maidana and Mayweather. So it was kind of like for yes, for you know booking purposes. Yeah, if he doesn't lose to Madonna, if he beats Madonna, he probably gets that fight with Floyd, and Floyd would have knocked that bitch the fuck out. So he blew <laughs> a lot of money by losing Madonna, but in turn made Madonna a ton of money to the point where Madonna fought his last two fights against Floyd, made damn $50 million, and is a, and, and is a fucking blimp out in Argentina. I mean, that motherfucker. <laughs> Oh yeah, he was a hundred. He was well. one hundred and forty-seven when he fought Floyd. He's about two eighty right now. <laughs> wow. So I'm sure he loves himself some, you know, some of this guy because this guy made his career. He put him on the map. He put him on yeah. the map. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of the unfortunate Mister uh, whatever All his right, name is. Let's one. go to the next one. The network. The network of the decade. Even though they're no longer in the boxing business, they went out with a whimper uh, uh, back in December of last year, a year ago, is HBO. HBO throughout the 2010s had the best fighters in the world and fighting on a regular basis. They had Manny Pacquiao. They had Floyd Mayweather at the beginning of the decade before Floyd turned his allegiance to Al Heyman and Showtime. Uh, they had the Oscar De La Hoya camp. They had the Bob Arum camp. They had the greatest fighters in the world. They had the Timothy Bradleys. They they had they, they lost, but then they regained uh, the old sage Bernard Hopkins. They had Terrence Crawford before Bob Arum went to top rank. They had Terrence Crawford. They had Triple G. They had Canelo. They had all. They had. They showed the great Roman Chocolatino Gonzalez, but no other network would show him. They showed Gonzalez when he was the best fighter in the world. They had great fights. They had the super flyweight cards. They had so many great fights throughout the decade. They showed the great fight between Joshua and Klitschko, which was probably the last great fight that aired on HBO. Uh, they showed they showed uh, Tyson Fury's incredible victory over Klitschko to end the Klitschko uh, uh, strong, stranglehold on the heavyweight division. So HBO, and it's not even close, was the network of the decade. And they were the best network in boxing from the 1980s till they shut the, they closed the doors down last year. Interesting, uh, but it's essentially what you were saying before, is that the model for what would be successful in boxing changed underneath their feet, and they didn't know how to deal with it. Right? I mean, that's what they, basically they, the pay-per-view they, models they, died. They, the pay-per-view models died, but when the pay-per-view model died, they restructured, so we're going to show more fights. But they couldn't – they didn't anticipate the streaming. Right. The streaming killed their business, and they went out. But you know what? HBO could always come back in because I don't see how long the zone – the zone is now talking about upping their prices to $50 a month. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, well, I also saw that DAZN is figuring out how to get some NFL games, maybe, and propping themselves up that way. There is no way in the world that ESPN, ABC, NBC, and CBS are going to let DAZN in the picture. They'll outpay because they know if DAZN gets in the picture, that's going to fuck up their ratings, and that's going to fuck up their advertising, 
because they don't want streaming to get involved with the NFL unless it's under their umbrella. So the yeah, zone, they make less money. Yeah. Yeah, the zone will be shooting themselves in the foot because they're going to have to spend a lot of money to outbid the NFL. And they're bleeding money right now. They're talking about $50 a month. Get the fuck out of here. Boxing fans aren't paying the 20 a month right now. They're going to pay 50 <laughs> Yeah, it's tough. And they don't have enough stuff on there. Hey, well, they show fights every week. And they have a lot of very good fighters. But, I mean, it, it, and if, if you want to pay the $20 a month, yes, it, it, it's worth it. I don't pay it because I have other ways of seeing that shit. But if you want to pay the $20 a month, I I'm go ahead and do it because they have a lot of great content. And unlike ESPN Plus, which is stupid on ESPN Plus's part, you can watch the Zones fights anytime. ESPN Plus, after the card is over, there's no way for you to see the replay if you if, if you missed it. It's not like oh, no. regular TV. Really? Oh, no. No way. If you miss the card, then That's it. You're, at, you're at their mercy whenever they decide to put it in their library. They don't put their recent fights in the library. They got a great library of old fights, but it takes a while before they put a new fight in their library. It doesn't make any sense. Well, the zone, you can see those fights anytime. Okay, that's definitely smart. That ESPN Plus needs to get on that. That's that's old-fashioned, what they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but they're, so that's they're huge now, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we got what's the next category? Event of the year, which is no contest, June second, two thousand sixteen. The single greatest sports legend in the history of mankind, the most famous athlete in the world. You could go to the jungles of Africa and ask a little boy and show him a picture of two people, and he'll say real quick, "Oh, that's Muhammad Ali, and that's." Michael Jackson. Okay. The Those two, two most famous faces in this. It's funny. When Michael Jackson died 10 years ago, uh, my nephew was three, four years old. Never heard never heard of a Michael Jackson song. The minute I'm sitting down with him, he died. The minute the, the, his face comes out, oh, that's Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> it's the same thing with Muhammad Ali. When he died, it was a huge event. Never have you ever seen this coverage, Logan, lasted three to four weeks. Every day there was articles and, and, and mem- remembrances about Muhammad Ali and his memorial service held in his hometown of Louisville, Kentucky. Hundreds of thousands of people showed up. They couldn't make it inside, but they were in the streets screaming, Ali, Ali, Ali. Uh, Barack Obama would have went. But unfortunately, the memorial was the same day that his daughter was graduating from high school. And so he's a huge Ali fan. He can't be in two places at once. And he's got to go to his daughter's graduation. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason understood. he didn't show up. You had, you had dignitaries from all over the world. You will never see that for another athlete. You will never see that for another athlete. Maybe Michael Jordan when he dies. Maybe. Maybe, but um, no way. when Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods dies, you're not going to see presidents and, and 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 dictators and kings from all over the world going to his funeral. <laughs> no way, yeah. No, you know what? 
You're right. You're not going to see kings and queens from other countries going to Michael Jordan's funeral. No, forget it. I I, I misspoke. You're right. I right. Misspoke. It never. That was no, the that, I mean, event of the year. Yeah. Uh, talk about, though, just quickly, like, how he was reviled for a long time. And now and then later on, he became known as this ambassador of peace. Like, it's just well, because of all know, the stuff he did. When you're when you're in the right, when you're righteous and you're in, and you're in the right and you you and you know that you're right, eventually people will come across that you know what he was right all along. He was the first person. He was the first person to speak out against the Vietnam War, and then then Martin Luther King followed, and he was right. He was right. People I people criticize him. Oh, he. He's this rich athlete. Why can't why can't he do what the poor kids are doing and go fight for his country? He's fighting for a fucking lost cause, and he knew it. He knew it, right? And so, in the 1970s, you you add that he was right because the Vietnam War ended, and the United States suffered their first loss in the war, and the soldiers came back home, and they were disrespected. People saw that he was right. Yeah, now let's talk the about the fact that when add that the fact that when he fought in the seventies, he wasn't the same fighter he was in the sixties, but people saw that he could take a punch and he had a tremendous heart and so forth. Add those together, and he went from being the biggest heel in sports to being the biggest babyface in sports. In the yeah, I mean, talk talk about the, arguably the most significant part of his career was the fact that he was put in prison for not going. And that, well, he I mean, but but he was out on bail. He he might have he might have been he might have been in locker for fifteen minutes. They bailed him out real quick, and he was out on bail awaiting a a uh, what you call a it? Judgment? No, 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 no. They they he was convicted. Or appeal. Uh, an appeal. He was wait. He was out on bail pending appeal, just like Tupac Shakur was before he was murdered. He was out on bail pending appeal. Okay. But I mean, he was willing to go to jail for it. I and mean, my point oh, is yeah. that he and, he and he gave he gave up his. He knew he wasn't going to be allowed to fight, and he gave up his career for his beliefs and his freedom. I mean, that's. I think that makes him a Mandela type yeah, figure, they, you know. Yeah, because they took they took away his passport. He couldn't he couldn't fight in other countries. Right. So he gave up everything for this belief, and people called it cowardice at the time. And now he looked like you know he's looked back on as somebody who started the the opposition. So he, he, was he was right all along. Go ahead. No, I mean we just have sports stars generally shy away from politics because they think that you know it'll hurt their uh, brand. Michael, because... Michael Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods are the two best examples. They never never. Meet up with controversy They never take a right. stand on anything political Michael Jordan is from North Carolina Raised in North Carolina In 1990 The most racist senator In the world Jesse Helm Was running for re-election And he had strong opposition From his Democratic opposition Who happened to be African American His people Sought out Michael Jordan For a for, uh, for an endorsement, and if Jordan endorses him, he probably wins because he's barely lost to Jesse Helms. Jordan uh, uh, told his people, Republicans buy sneakers off him. Right. Doesn't want to hurt his didn't. sales. 
No. So he left it alone, didn't endorse anybody. Tiger Woods has played golf with George Bush Jr., Sr., and Donald Trump. Trump. Fuck you, Tiger Woods. Fuck you. I wish your wife would have caught you with that fucking golf club and put you in a fucking permanent coma. You fucking sellout. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Never liked him. Fuck him. Yeah, he's a two-faced. Colin Kaepernick and LeBron James are perfect examples of guys that don't give a fuck about the image. If they feel oh, yeah. that, that that something is wrong, they will speak out. I love LeBron James. LeBron LeBron's James the man. speaks out whenever an injustice occurs. And Colin Kaepernick gave up his career. It was yep. defunct. So those guys are the exact opposite. It's funny. In the 1990s, it was Jordan Woods, the two biggest sports stars on the planet, and they were non-political. They kept their mouths right. shut. In the last five years, the two biggest things have been Colin Kaepernick and LeBron James, and they speak out every time. So shout out to them young brothers who continue to this day to fight the good fight. And it's, it's notable that nobody in the NFL that's currently playing is really speaking out that much because that just the, the way that organization runs. Because they, they saw they, what happened to Kaepernick, and they don't want the same yeah. thing to happen to them. And you know what? People got families to feed, right, mouths right. to feed, families to raise. I understand it. I understand it. But you know what? It has to be – see, Colin Kaepernick was never the best player in the NFL. If, right. it, if you have a LeBron James-type figure in the NFL, do what Colin Kaepernick did. There's no way in the world he would be playing today. He would be playing. It has to be right, that. Right. Yeah. How about a white guy doing it? Oh, that won't happen. And, that won't happen. I know. That won't happen. <laughs> that, that won't, that, that won't happen. If it did, it would that be it would be It would be groundbreaking, and it would be instrumental, but that's not going to happen. Right, right. Um, so in terms of, though, some of the runner-ups here, uh, in terms of the event oh, of the, the, year. the, Pac- the number two would be Pacquiao Mayweather, the fight that right. finally happened. Yeah. yeah, and that that would the, be that would be a strong but distant number two. And the runner-up to Network of the Year, Showtime. Okay, Showtime right up before them, and and everybody a distant distant third. Yeah, because it was it. HBO and Showtime were one and two since the 1990s. They were one and two, yeah. and everybody else was a, was a distant third, was fighting for scraps. And they crossed over for the Mayweather-Pacquiao, which was a momentous occasion. They had to. There was a lot. There was, there was over a billion dollars. That was the first billion-dollar revenue fight in the history of boxing. Yeah, I mean, we got in this decade the highest-grossing fight of all time. Yeah. Um, so that's that's interesting. Um, no, no, not so the let's highest, go. Not the highest, not the highest grossest fight of all time. The highest really? grossest sporting event of all time. Oh, even more. Right. Sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it corrected. Transcends boxing. Yeah. Yeah. Trans- yeah. And it did. It was. And it was a lackluster fight, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, one of the biggest disappointments in the decade, <laughs> too. Um, well, I, knew, I had predicted that was going to happen when we first started this show. Because the first right. thing you asked me was, who do I think is going to win between Mayweather and Pacquiao? And I told you, Mayweather was going to stay outside, use his defense, use the right cross, and just keep Pacquiao at bay. He's much taller, and he's much quicker, 
Pacquiao's not going to get inside. If he does get inside, Mayweather's going to tie him up. Mayweather was the decision. What I did predict was I thought Mayweather was going to dominate and get robbed. But he won so many fucking rounds in that fight that there was no way in the world Pac- you could have justified a robbery for Pacquiao. <laughs> right, right. So let's go on to the next one here. The upset of the decade, which just happened. Uh, you could make an argument. It's the second greatest upset in the history of heavyweight and boxing. Heavyweight boxing and boxing overall. Andy Ruiz's shocking seventh round knockout of Anthony Joshua. We we mentioned we we talked about a lot about this last week, so we'll we'll quickly just say the rematch showed you how shocking the upset was because there's no way in the world Ruiz should have should have caught Joshua. Joshua hurt Ruiz, dropped him in the third round with that left hook, went in for the kill without guarding himself, walked into a right hand, was concussed, and took a beating for the next four rounds before getting knocked out in the seventh. The first two and a half rounds before he knocked down uh, Ruiz, he was doing what he did in the rematch. He was keeping Ruiz outside with that great long left jab, and Ruiz couldn't get inside. Ruiz hurts Joshua, and, of course, he capitalized on it, and he wins. He got lucky. The fat fuck got lucky. He will never get that lucky again. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the tail end there. I mean, we had a lot of... Uh, upsets over these 10 years. So why don't you just talk about a few of them? Okay. You had earlier this year, uh, Pablo Cano knocked out Jorge Linares in the first round. Any other year, that would have been the upset of the year. But Ruiz's upset of Joshua uh, totally nullified that because of uh, how monumental it was. Tyson Fury's upset over Vladimir Klitschko a few years back. No one saw that coming because everyone saw Tyson Fury as a clown and Klitschko had beaten everybody the last 10 years while putting everybody to sleep. You was falling asleep watching them. Jab, hold, jab, hold, jab, hold. Tyson Fury outboxed and outfought Klitschko to win a convincing decision, and that was a humongous, humongous upset. Humongous upset. Uh, Juan Manuel Marquez's knockout, shocking knockout over Manny Pacquiao, where he almost killed Manny Pacquiao. Shocking upset. Shocking. Just a shocking upset. Because he could never get over the top. The first three fights, he kept getting close, but just couldn't beat Pacquiao until that. That segues us perfectly into the knockout of the decade, which was that fight. And and, um, this is Logan, both the knockout of the decade and the the fight of the decade. So we'll put both of these together. Uh, December 12th, December 8th, 2012, the fourth fight in our great, all four fights, great fights, all four fights, epic fights, one of the greatest rivalries in the history of of boxing. Juan Manuel Marquez's six-round knockout of Manny Pacquiao which was the end of a great saga. And at this point in time, Logan, Manny Pacquiao was the consensus best fighter in the world. I mean, everybody was looking, is he going to finally fight Floyd Mayweather? And right, it was fight, a tune-up the, fight. The first five rounds, Pacquiao's got the end. Now, Pacquiao went down 
but got right back up early in the fight and staggered Marquez, dropped Marquez, and in the sixth round, he was about to put Marquez away. Hurt Marquez was hurt, and then Pacquiao did the same thing Anthony Joshua did. He went in face first, and Marquez landed one of the greatest right cross counters in the history of the sport. Manny flew in face first and got hit with a spectacular right cross. Oh. He went down face first, and he's still out. Yeah, he didn't wake up until <laughs> next later, week. Yeah. Seven years later, he's still asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was motionless, motionless. I mean, even Dominic Brazil and Luis Ortiz, they eventually got up. They weren't... I mean, he was knocked out for 15 minutes. He was out. He went down he face out. first. Oh, my God, what a knockout. Yeah. It was reminiscent of Thomas Hearns' knockout of Roberto Duran, where they, they just they look like Manny and Roberto looked like they were snoring. Snor- I mean, he was out. His eyes were closed, and his mouth was open. That was it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it reminded me of Martinez Williams. Yeah, which was uh, my runner-up. Yeah, right. that yes, was, that excellent was. comparison. Because that was on the same level. Same level. Oh, my God, what a knockout. And Marquez fought two more times after that. But he didn't have to fight again. His legacy was secured. Manny was desperately, and HBO was desperately trying to get a fifth fight. One was like, nah, man, I got my win. Fuck your guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. And we're going to get better than that. He was so happy after... <laughs> You know, after so many fights. I said, I ain't fighting. I said, man, fuck you, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fight a couple of more times, make some money. Then I'm going to Mexico, and I'm going to open up this ranch and, 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 and just chill for the rest of my life. So <laughs> so just but let's get down what the, the results of the, the fights before that were and how close were they? All three were razor close. The first fight, Marquez went down three times in the first round. Referee could have stopped the fight. Manny came out blasted. Referee gave Marquez a shot. Most referees would have stopped the fight. No game. And Marquez boxed brilliantly from that point on. But it was such a hole that he dug himself that he could only secure a draw. You get knocked down three times in a round. That's a 10-6 round. You, you got to basically right. shut the guy out. And you're not going to shut Manny Pacquiao out. So, and that first fight was a great fight. The second and third fight, both razor thin. One of the fights, I forget which one, Marquez was knocked down late in the fight, and that's how he lost by one point on one of the scorecards. The first fight was a draw. The other two fights, he lost by split decision. You could have made an argument either way. Those, those weren't robberies, ladies and gentlemen. These three fights could have gone either way. All three fights were razor close. The fourth fight was the only convincing win for either fighter in this four-fight series. So, well, Pacquiao got the and win you can go back of the to battles. The archives, and you can go back to the archives because we covered all four fights on our greatest fights in boxing history. Yeah, and they're all classics. And I think that uh, he won the war, you would say. Marquez won the war, yeah, ultimately. He, even that? though he only technically won one of the four fights, Pacquiao right. won two, one was a draw, and one was Marquez's knockout win. The knockout trumps the other three fights, period, end of story. Right. And it, and everyone thought it was going to 
it destroyed the Pacquiao Mayweather fight, which it did not. So interesting. No, because that, that. because they still made it three years later. They still got to right. make it, and even though it was both past both their prime and past uh, what people thought was going to be the the, the income made, the revenue made. No, no, the biggest sport is the biggest grossing sporting event in the history of of mankind. Un- unbelievable. That was your fight of the decade, and that was your knockout of the decade. The yeah, round of the a decade. A couple more. Well, just talk about a couple more knockouts of the decade. Paul Williams, we talked about the Deontay Wilder knockout. Canelo Alvarez had a string of great, spectacular knockouts. You had his knockout of Kovalev this year. That was a spectacular knockout. That you was. had his knockout, of, his knockout of James Kirkland. That was spectacular. He almost killed Amir Khan. That was spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Those were uh, Terrence Crawford. His knockout of Julius Indago with a spectacular shot to the ribcage. That was beautiful. Unreal. Beautiful. Uh, that, that was spectacular. There have been many great one-punch knockouts throughout the decade. I agree with you, Logan. The Paul Williams-Sergio Martinez uh, fight, the rematch. Martinez's knockout, that is definitely number two on this list. And then I will put number three, the Wilder one-punch knockout of Brazil where he lifted him off his feet. That was what How about How about when, I forget who it was, that knocked Hopkins through the ropes. Joe Bernard Smith, Hopkins. Yes, Joe Smith. Joe Smith, when he knocked out Bernard Hopkins, the house was like, he threw me out the ring. No, motherfucker. He knocked you out the ring. <laughs> the alien, you know. Yeah, the alien, which finally ended his career for once and for all. Right. Uh, that was um, yeah. There was some great ones, and of course Deontay Wilder had a slew of them. Yeah, he had two just this past year. One of which was uh, of uh, uh, Brazil, but the either knockout Brazil or Ortiz would, would have been because those are the best two knockouts of, of last year. I think we only have one award left, and that is the most important award: the Fighter of the Decade. And it's got to go to Floyd Mayweather Jr. Because in the 2010s, and he retired in 2015. I'm not counting that bullshit fight he had against Conor McGregor. From 2010 to 2015, look at the guys he beat. He beat Manny Pacquiao. He beat Shane Mosley. And he beat a young, in his prime, Canelo Alvarez. There's no other fighter this decade that have those wins on their record. Yeah, and he doesn't. And the thing about him is that he also tied, or he surpassed the world record for wins in this decade. I don't so. count that. I don't count that. I don't count that. I don't count that. Because, Rocky Marciano went forty nine and zero. Forty of them were against cab drivers and 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 and, 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 and uh, Italian gangsters that were told to die. Fuck that. No, no. <laughs> I don't look at that. He retired fifty and zero. I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at what he did for this decade alone and his decade alone. Those three wins. Oh, Logan, I, I forgot a fourth person. He beat Miguel Cotto this decade, too. So he beat four Hall of Fame fighters. Nobody this decade has that on their resume. He beat Miguel Cotto, Shane Mosley, Manny Pacquiao, and Canelo Alvarez. Four first ballot Hall of Famers as 
Mosley just got inducted into the boxing, International Boxing Hall of Fame. And the other three will be, well, Mandy's not retiring anytime soon. Miguel will be eligible next year. He's, he'll definitely get in. So, and Canelo, they might as well just put him in now. Why, why wait? <laughs> uh, so you think he's going to be the fighter of the decade? The fighter of decades, Floyd Mayweather. No, you think he's going to be the fighter of the next decade? I don't think he's going to fight that long. Uh, Canelo's 30. It's 2020 now. I don't see him. Well, but then again, he could be. He might run up a like, – he might do a Floyd Mayweather. Beat right. all, a lot of bunch of great fighters. Yeah, he, he's definitely in the running. Yes, without a doubt. Now, who are the runner-ups for fighter of the decade? We mentioned them. We mentioned them. Manny Pacquiao had several very good wins. Canelo Alvarez fought everybody on the planet, and the only guy he lost to was Floyd Mayweather Jr. If you look at Canelo's record in the 2010s, he beat Arislav Milanda. He beat Lyra. He beat uh, Danny Jacobs. He beat Triple G. He beat Sergey Kovalev. He beat a whole bunch of fighters. Andre Ward beat everybody in front of him. Definitely uh, a contender. Terrence Crawford, definitely a contender. And you could make an argument, my number two would be none of those guys. Would be Roman Chocolatino Gonzalez, who cleaned out three divisions before losing twice to Sir Rungvisai a couple of years back. But up until that point, he wasn't close to losing to anybody. So, yes, there were a lot of great fighters this decade that had a great run. But Floyd Loma. has those four Loma. wins. Loma, too. Loma had a great decade, without a doubt. Loma would be the top ten of this decade. Did you have any runner-ups for Pussy of the Year? I think Salad Jr.'s up there. Oh, uh, he's a strong number two, without a doubt, because he had a horrible 2010. Who's your prospect for the next decade? Who's your number one prospect? As far as who could be that next superstar, there's two guys. They're both under Bob Arum. That's Teofimo Lopez and Shakur Stevenson. They're both Bob Arum fighters. This could be the breakout year where they could be that next guy on that level, on that uh, Oscar De La Hoya level. They are both great personalities and both great fighters. And Teofimo, he reminds me so much of Hector Camacho. It's not funny. He's Hector Camacho with a bigger punch. Give me some bold predictions for this decade. If the zone doesn't get rights to the NFL, some type of streaming rights to the NFL, you're not going to see them in three, four years. They're bleeding money left and fucking right. I can't. They think, you're going to charge $50 a month? People are not going to buy that shit. Uh, Bob Arrow will still be around because ESPN is paying him a ton of money, and he's got the library, and he's got great fighters. But uh, PBC is going to continue to flourish because uh, Al Heyman's guy, his top fighters, even the ones that are not major stars, make at least five hundred thousand to a million per fight when they fight. Nice. All right. Well, I guess we can wrap this one up here, unless uh, you have anything else to say about the decade. I want to quickly talk about our movie review show next week. We will be doing a classic show next week of what I consider the two greatest movies in the history of movies. We're going to put it together, and it's not going to be your regular review show because. We're talking about uh, seven hours together of two movies? No. We're going to talk about the greatest scenes of both those movies and just analyze what we thought of it because we've seen these movies over and over again. What two movies am I talking about? They're, they're one and two. Uh, Godfather? 
There you go. There you go. Next week, we will be talking about Godfather 1 and Godfather Part 2. There's no way in the world we go scene by scene. We're going to talk about our favorite right. scenes, our favorite performances, the, the influence that this series of movies had because it totally influenced pop culture to the point where you still see it to this day. Television and yeah. movies, there's no other movie that redefined the genre and was as influential as Godfather 1 and 2. And so yeah. it will be, oh, I can't wait. I was watching both over there. I was like, yeah, me and Logan, got to, we got to attack this. We got oh, that's a classic. I mean, yeah, and in my opinion, this movie, these are the two greatest movies of all time, and it contains possibly the three greatest performances of all time, and possibly the three greatest actors of all time. And we'll get into all into that next week on the movie show. We will be doing a great. We'll be returning to the greatest performances in boxing history. I got three fighters in mind. I will text you by Wednesday the the links and who who we'll be talking about. All right. We're holding suspense for that one. We'll tweet it out, and you guys will be able to watch the fights before we review them. On Twitter, at Boxing Podcast, thank you all for the support for this last decade. We really appreciate it. Our numbers have tripled and quadrupled, and actually 10 times what we were doing in the beginning. So thanks so much for listening, everybody. Before you you go, I don't have to say watch the movies before you listen to the podcast, because if you have a post, you see The Godfather and what it is. Yeah. Although these fucking post eighty sevens, you know, as they call as they're called, they don't. Uh, what what, 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 really what, 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 what are they? What what are they called? What are they called? Generation Z? What the fuck are they called? Uh, they're not called millennials. That was the generation before them. What's this generation right. called? Post eighty seven. They 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 have a different name. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I like that term because it's it's apt. Uh, but they yo, some yo, of them yo, really yo, haven't watched. Yo, let me it. tell you something. Post eighty sevens are. Uh, have me laughing my ass off on Twitter. Uh, we got buddies on Twitter, Logan, that argue with these guys. I don't argue with anybody. When these post 87, I love that term, coin that shit. When these post 87 come at me with some bullshit, I just block them. I got no, I'm not arguing with a, with a 22 year old on boxing when I've been watching boxing before your father was born. The fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You should see that takes on hip hop. Oh my god! I got a lot of friends in the hip that that, that are producers and do hip hop podcasts on Twitter. And it, I, 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 I said, my, my, my brother, why are you why are you bothering? Why why are you talking to this guy? Why, why are you even entertaining? <laughs> hey, oh oh I oh LL Cool J oh 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 he was a rapper. <laughs> I know, man. It's a whole different world, man. We're, we're getting too old. If, if, if Deontay Hill Ali one time, it'd be over. Good night, all right? Good night, motherfucker. You've been blocked. <laughs> post 87. I love that shit. The post 87 era. If you were born after 1987. Yeah, or later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them motherfuckers don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> I know. It's scary. Oh, they're going to take man. over the world. And which is, and which is sad because. You could see footage of all these people. Today is so easy to get old records and for free. You can listen to all the LL shit for free. You can listen to all the Big Daddy Kane for free. You can see all of Ali's fights for free. All the Sugar Ray Leonard's fights for free. 
but then you're going to come at, at me with this bullshit. Oh, Triple G would have knocked out Marvin Hagler. Man, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> and, NBA Young Boy is a better rapper than LL Cool J. Yeah, yeah, NBA Young Boy. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Drake yeah. Drake has a Drake had a better flow than Biggie. Yeah, hell yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Drake who, who can't I don't know if that dude can sing he without auto tune. Logan, yeah. he doesn't even write his own rhymes. He doesn't even write his own right. rhymes. Now, I can't I can't begrudge his success. Drake is the Jay no. Z of the of the two thousand tens. I mean Definitely. one hit after another. So whoever's writing his shit, he's a Hall of Famer, without a doubt. But don't come at me with that bullshit that he's got a better flow than Biggie. Get the fuck out of here. Nah, it's like Biggie was the Beatles and he's the monkeys. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's... <laughs> And with that, we end the episode. I can't top that. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, man. Peace. Later. That was great. I love it. Later. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening.